Perception, Perception is, is reality. Reality. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this 153rd episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your humble host, Christopher H. Bilbury. Joining me, as always, is the lovely co-host, Amber Green. And we want to thank you for clicking this episode and being a part of this conversation. We want to ask, as always, that you share the show with everyone you know. Remind them we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites, from iTunes to Google Podcasts to Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio Public, iHeartRadio, and many, many more all they have to do is search for our full name on one of those hosting sites. That is Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Or the easiest way is to simply go to Google and enter in Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast, and we'll pop right up. Also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318 or Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook. There, the content always continues, and I release live video episodes normally seven days a week sometimes a little less but check that out you won't want to miss it all right so if you will recall a couple episodes back episode 151 we started talking about the state of america the issue with race and the policing situation and we said that it was something that would carry over for several other episodes, and it wouldn't be something that we just did back-to-back-to-back, but we would sprinkle it in throughout various episodes. And this 153rd episode is going to be one of those episodes. Amber and I are both uniquely positioned because of our connection to law enforcement. I am a former police officer. She is married to a current police officer. So one could say that we are both very, very pro-law enforcement. And that would be pretty fair to say. However, what we're going to discuss in this episode is the fact that, like most others like us, either law enforcement officers or family of law enforcement, we hate dirty cops. All right, we are very pro-law enforcement and pro-doing things the right way, but there's nothing that a police officer or law enforcement officer or family of a law enforcement officer hates more than a dirty cop. And that's something that I feel a lot of people from the community really need to understand. We are with you. When someone does something wrong, we are there with you. But we need to do it in a normal civilized manner where we are talking about fact over emotion and we are doing things that that make sense that are measured responses to what's going on and we're going to get into all of this we're going to talk about dirty cops we're also going to talk about social media how social media impacts this so we're going to be pulling a little bit from the last episode episode 152 where we also talked about social media in today's world. So we're going to be talking about all of this. Hopefully you will be able to get some information from this episode that might help you formulate thoughts in your mind that this episode can help you think a little bit, maybe be able to laugh a little bit, and at the end of the day, walk away with maybe a little bit different perspective than what you had 
at this point. So we're getting ready to get into that, but first we're going to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 153rd episode of Perception is Reality. She's Amber. I'm Chris. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality reality friends are you looking for that great cup of coffee to get you started in the morning then i'm telling you you need to check out the folks at fruit of the bean coffee at fruit of the bean coffee.com look folks i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not a coffee drinker but producers kate and niles they are and they got some of this coffee from fruit of the bean coffee.com and it's magnificent they open that coffee up and it just wafts out into the air. And I tell you, the smell alone is able to just do the job, wake you up in the morning, get you ready to go, and give you what you need. I'm not a big coffee drinker myself, but for the folks out there that are, and I know that there are you folks that are big coffee drinkers, quit going down to the place with the green awning and spending all of your money there because you can instead... Go to fruitofthebeancoffee.com and buy the best coffee in the world that will do the job and you can feel comfortable in knowing that a part of those proceeds will go to a great cause because the people at Fruit of the Bean Coffee like to give portions of their proceeds to stop sex trafficking and human trafficking around the world, which is a major problem in today's age. So my friends, check out Fruit of the Bean coffee at fruitofthebeancoffee.com enter promo code perception for 25% off today all right folks we're back episode 153 and amber and i are going to be talking about uh something that a lot of people probably wouldn't think that we would be talking about and that is our opinion at least at this first part here on bad police officers people that we think that probably shouldn't be wearing a badge and a gun and what our opinion is on these officers a lot of people think that you know police officers or those that support the police officers just back people if they're wearing the badge or the uniform no matter what and that's just simply not true so i'm gonna say this and then you can tell me what your thoughts are there is nothing in this world worse than a dirty police officer if you are a police officer if you're a spouse of a police officer if you are a family member like a mother father brother sister son or daughter of a police officer there is nothing in this world worse than a dirty cop a dirty cop makes everything worse everybody hates a dirty cop and the police officers that are good the family members of police officers that are good work very hard to expose dirty police officers and work very hard to make sure that those people do not somehow taint the jobs well done that the other many, 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 many good police officers do. I mean, let's face it. The job is already hard enough, okay? Just on top of literally everything else that's going on today, it's a dangerous job. You just never really know what's going to happen. Then you have everybody and their brother that's filming you. It's a high-stress situation in a lot of cases, and it's just an all-around tough job. Now to throw into that, you have to deal with somebody that may be dirty, 
That is a really tough spot, and everybody in the law enforcement family hates when that happens. And now let me go over. I mean by dirty cop, somebody who is uh, taking advantage of his power by having sex with women to get out of various crimes or tickets, taking money to get out of crimes or tickets, or doing drugs or, or other crimes that they feel like they can get away with because they have the badge, or various other aspects, not to, not to leave out also things such as time clock theft, where they're getting paid to be working a full 40 hours, but yet they're flubbing their numbers. And so they're stealing basically their paycheck, which is taxpayer dollars. That can also be considered uh, a dirty police officer, all the way up to and including somebody who is violent, who uses use of force wrong, and has some kind of personal agenda in which they are inflicting pain on others. All of those things and much, much more are wrapped up into what people would think of as a dirty police officer. And let me tell you, it's not just the people that are on the woke left that hate all of that. It's those of us that are supportive of law enforcement that do not appreciate all of that as well. When you have a dirty cop working in the rank and file, it makes it harder on everybody else. Absolutely. And I think that, that that's something that, that people need to understand, that police officers are not out here saying, all cops are good and screw you for saying that... You know, there are dirty cops because we all we all know there are dirty cops. So from your point of view, how do you feel that a dirty police officer can tarnish the thin blue line or the brother or sisterhood of law enforcement? It's just like any other job where there are yes. you know, bad apples. And I hate using that term because I, I think the media is throwing it around too much lately. But when it's, you know, as, as a normal you know, civilian citizen myself, when we talk about bad apple doctors, you know, the crazy doctors that will, you know, do extra things during a surgery or prescribe medication that they should not be prescribing or things like that. Does it suck? Yes. But we're just like, oh, well, you know. He or she was doing it. wrong. Right. Like glad they took their license away. Yeah. Whatever. Like, but when it's, when it's a bad cop, it's it's just more personal. And right. I, I know that's going to sound cheesy, but it, it, it just is because here I am with someone that I've chosen to build my life with and raise my children with and share a last name. And when there are bad people in his same profession you're just like damn it like why do you have to ruin it for the rest of us right like, right this is why we can't have nice things greg <laughs> like it's that kind of mentality and it's it can be from you know the minor things like the cop that's completely out of shape right like, I, I will be the first to admit, I am not in the best shape. I am also not a cop. Right, right. I am not in any type of profession where I am expected to be able to fight crime. 
Like, I'm not expected to be able to, you know, get someone out of a, you know, burning car because I'm the first on the sure. scene or, yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or that people the, are counting on you. Your, your, right. your partners are counting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you get in the, in the grand scheme of bad cops, I think that's like one of the lower things on the totem pole, but it's still embarrassing because then yeah. you still have to hear like, Oh, do you want a donut piggy? Right. Like, <laughs> right. And, and so that, that can be frustrating. And then, you know, you, you can escalate it all the way up. Like we're, we're going from one extreme to the other, but all the way up to, you know, like you see it on TV, like the dirty cops that will use CIs to quote unquote, get rid of people. Yeah. Right. And, and that, that has, has definitely happened. It, oh yeah. That doesn't just happen on law and order. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a real, real life thing. And so it's, I mean, it's all of the above, like both of those things that I just mentioned and then anything in between, it's just, it's frustrating because you know, as like in my position as a spouse, and then my husband knows as an officer, Mm -hmm. like the bulk of cops are better than that. That's absolutely right. When you have people in other fields that act in ways they shouldn't or break the law or do things that are deemed as bad, it only reflects poorly on the person doing that or maybe the people immediately around that person. It doesn't reflect poorly on all attorneys, on all doctors, on on all plumbers, you know, and that's something that people really have to understand in the policing world. While, yes, we all have to be accountable to one another and hold each other up, and we all have to be above that because of what the job is, at the end of the day, it's still just a job. And so when action is taken that there could seriously be questions about, okay, we have to understand it's okay to ask those questions, but we also have to not rush to judgment. We have to let the process play out. And a great example of that is two weeks ago while we were recording episode 151, while we were recording, we became aware of a police action shooting in Columbus, Ohio, where a white police officer responded to a fight call and unfortunately Unfortunately, had to take lethal action, shooting a 15-year-old black female who had a knife and was in the process of stabbing a victim, stabbing another person, also a younger black female. And at first, people were wanting to rush to judgment. While we were recording, people were wanting to riot, and they were blaming this white police officer, and everybody was going to target police officers, and it was a whole bunch of craziness because it was a rush to judgment. But now that we are two weeks out from that event, and the body cameras have been released, and other evidence have been uh, reviewed by various people... It's pretty much common knowledge that this police officer acted in the right. And although it was a very sad situation, he did what he had to do. And the reason everything didn't pop off and get so crazy was, in this situation, we were able to review the facts of what happened. And the facts are basically not disputable. And so in this situation, thank God... There was not a rush to judgment, and that's what we have to get to start happening. 
even when we're dealing with a dirty cop. When there's a dirty cop, we have to let it play out. And I feel like if we let it play out, the investigation will show that he or she is dirty and that person can then be dealt with. But whether it's a dirty cop or a good cop or a bad situation with a police officer or a good situation, we can't have a rush to judgment. We have to let the investigation play out. Another thing that I think is very important is the fact that, look, police officers have a crazy, mighty power in America. They can take away your freedom, and they are the only entity within the United States borders that have the ability to shoot and kill you or to use deadly force to kill you, and if it's justified, they are okay in doing that. So they can take your liberty and they can take your life. So it's okay for citizens to ask questions when use of force or other issues come up, and we have to be able to do that. I look at that the same way as I do politics. What has to happen in politics and what has to happen in policing is citizens have to be able to ask questions, and everybody has to be okay with it. Some questions might not be liked by everybody, but we have to be able to review what goes on. And a great example is this Columbus, Ohio case. A situation happened, we got information, and questions were asked, and then now we know that the police officer was justified in what he did. However sad it was, he was justified. I will also go back real quick to mention a case that we talked about in episode 151, which is the Breonna Taylor case down in Kentucky. I always really were on the side of the police officers in that situation, but I recently watched a 2020 uh, episode. If you haven't had a chance to watch that, it's called Brianna Taylor Say Her Name, and it's on Hulu if you have Hulu. It's 2020, uh, ABC's 2020 episodes. Uh, it's very interesting. They do like an hour-long or hour-and-a-half-long expose on Brianna Taylor and what happened there. And I will tell you, after seeing that and seeing the police uh, actions that took place, I really now question what the police officers were doing. And I really put blame on that police agency. I put blame on the higher-ups. I don't necessarily blame the individual officers because they were acting with what they thought was, you know, the best intent, I think. Now, there was a situation where you had officers who walked around the building, and now you have officers firing at each other in a crossfire situation. So I think in that situation, it led to some confusion about the fact that possibly people inside the apartment were shooting. I know that the gentleman inside the apartment did fire at least one round off that struck a police officer, and I know that that was an issue. But if you listen to what happened in the Breonna Taylor case, there was a situation where you have police officers shooting into opposite sides of the building, and I think that made for chaos and I have to really question the higher-ups, the people who are rank on that department, and the people who were running the investigation of these incidents, along with the elected judges who signed off on these search warrants. I think accountability has to come into play here, and questions should still be being asked down there. But I have flipped my opinion, and I am now 
more against the police in this action than I was before I watched this episode. I would highly recommend everybody watch it. Again, it's ABC's 2020. Uh, Brianna Taylor, say her name. If you get a chance, look that up. So that's why I say we've got to be able to ask questions because before I was pro the police action and now since I've asked questions and started researching and looked into what happened, I now side with those that say the police messed up, and, and I really do believe this. And that's another point there, messing up. Accidents happen. We're human. We all fall short of the glory of God. But if you're police officers, should accidents not happen? Should you take steps to make sure that they don't? If, if something is truly an accident, is it okay? It, it sucks, but yeah, it's an accident. Is that accident negligent? You know, is there negligence there? And, and I'll, I'll give you the perfect example of that. Over in Madison County, Indiana, there's a police officer who was working on a small town department, and apparently he fell asleep while driving and hit and killed somebody who was walking or on a skateboard, and that person is now deceased, and the person was like high teens, late 20s, and there's, you know, a lot of concern over what exactly occurred. And those questions should be asked. Now, I believe they have ruled out any kind of intoxication. They did a blood draw. There's no intoxication. There's no drug use. But he just fell asleep. Now, you have to ask questions such as, was he working too many hours? Had he not been getting sleep? Was he sick? You know, what happened there? Was he sick? Was he working too many hours? What's going on? I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm not doing that at all. I don't know what happened, but I'm sure the family would like to know what the hell happened. Who knows what the family thinks or what they're being told, but at the end of the day, we have to be able to ask questions. And I say that because it feels like we're almost told that we shouldn't be asking questions, and that is the wrong way to approach this. Here's what I'm trying to say. I, I guess this is the easiest way to say it. A dialogue has to be able to occur. When you're dealing with the police who has the most amount of power of any other agency anywhere in the United States soil, because keep in mind, they can take your liberty and they can take your life, we have to be able to have a dialogue with these people when incidents occur. But, I mean, hell, at this point, like, I don't really think anymore it's not that we're not allowed to ask questions. I don't think they're even asked if you want my honest opinion. I mean, especially like take this Columbus shooting. There were no questions asked right before some of the most clear body cam footage I've ever seen yeah, right. was released. Yes. Everyone was ready to, you know, get the knives and pitchforks and be ready to go against this guy. And there, nobody was asking questions. Everybody was like, oh, my God, he killed a child. Yeah. And then, you know, body cam footage comes out, and this child is a homicidal maniac. Right. And he ends up saving another person. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I said that from the start. Had this police officer shot and killed a 45-year-old male, white or black, who had a knife and was trying to stab cut or kill a black female who may or may not be adult or not, this cop would have been a hero. But because the suspect was 15 years old, 
it's like a big ordeal. But what people don't realize is she was a big 15-year-old. And a 7-year-old can do harm to you if the circumstances are right. So the fact that she was 15 means exactly dick. So you're right. In this situation, questions weren't being asked, and I'm sure that is an issue, and that's what I talk about. Whether we're talking about policing or politics, we have to get to a point where we can ask questions, and I, I don't know who needs to hear that. I don't know if it's the politicians and the police administrations that need to hear, hey, it's okay for these folks to ask questions. It doesn't mean they hate us. It doesn't mean we have to get defensive. It just means that's the nature of the beast. East, or if it's the public at large that needs to hear, hey, get up off your ass and ask, get up off your ass and ask your politicians questions. Get up off your ass and ask your police questions when shit like this happens. Don't just immediately start with burning things down, okay? Start with trying to have a dialogue. Don't get me wrong. You know, we might be at a point with politics or with policing where a revolution needs to occur. But I feel like the dialogue has to happen first. And then if that doesn't work, then we can talk about the revolution. But both sides have to be uh, at least on the same page with understanding how this works. Meaning a dialogue has to be able to occur. And if that dialogue doesn't happen, well, then maybe more extreme measures occur. I think it all like from both sides, because I'm, I mean, I'm trying to go back as far as like Mike Brown, like yeah, the question were there questions asked there? Eh, yeah, maybe at least a little bit more than was asked with Micaiah Bryant. Mm -hmm. But were they were they actual questions or were they? accusations with a question mark at the end that's exactly and that's that's where i think the problem comes in from both sides like the the lack of integrity is what leads to all of the problems with bad cops and good cops and asking questions or immediately you know placing blame like you have to be able to set aside the emotion because no matter what, like whether it's, whether you're watching body cam footage or, you know, cell phone footage from somebody else or whatever, that's always going to be emotional, whether it's a justified sure. shoot or not. Mm -hmm. And so it's difficult to sit back especially if you know nothing about policing and take the emotion out of it and just ask a genuine question as a concerned human. Very true. Most people fight emotionally and they're not interested in the factual basis of any scenario. They're not interested in learning the facts of a case or a situation. They are only interested in presenting you with their emotional rundown on what occurred. Look, I'm an emotional person. It's okay to use emotions and to be emotional when you are arguing or debating or going at 
had it, okay? Emotions are okay. And having emotion behind your factual basis is really good, okay? I'm not knocking that in the least. However, emotional arguments can never beat factual arguments, all right? It just will not happen. So while it's okay to fight with emotions, but you must have a factual basis as your blueprint, and you have to have the factual basis to build everything upon. An argument based in fact that is emotional can definitely win. It will win. That's a great combination. But an argument based solely in emotion will never beat a factually based argument. We have the only to... time emotion wins an argument is when your husband is tired of arguing. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, quickly, before we kick into the next uh, topic, we do have to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 153rd episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Chris. She's Amber. We'll be right back. Episode 153, Perception is Reality. Chris and Amber, it's great to be with you. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. So we've been talking today, the two of us, two police lovers, two police supporters, all right? Myself, a former law enforcement officer. Amber, married to a law enforcement officer. You don't get two people that's more pro-law enforcement than us talking about what it means when there's one bad apple amongst the bunch, okay? It does happen. I'm not confused about that. She's not confused about that. We understand all it takes is one bad apple, however horrible and cliche that phrase is. I I hate it. I know she does. But... That's what we're talking about, and that's what we spent some time at the front half of the show talking about. Now, I would like to turn our attention to social media. 
So we've been carrying on from episode 151 earlier. Now we're going to kind of go back to episode 152 and advance that forward because obviously in episode 152 we were talking about social media technology and where it was taking us as society. But it also plays a role in the policing world, and that's very true because it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You're on camera, whether it be cell phone camera, dash camera, body cam camera, closed circuit TV camera, cameras from the gas stations, cameras for the the ATMs, uh, you know, everywhere. Security cameras from uh, your houses or, or businesses, your ring doorbells, everywhere has cameras. And police and suspects and everybody else, for that fact, are on cameras almost all the time. And that's an, uh, something that makes policing harder today. All right. It also makes it more transparent and it makes it better in some ways. But when you're a bad police officer, you have to be in fear of that. You have to be in fear of that ever-present camera. And that's something that police officers, both good and bad, need to take into consideration. Take a traffic stop, for example. On a traffic stop, you have the dash camera that is inside the police cars. You also have the police body cams. Then you possibly have the suspects in the car that could very well be audio recording you or video recording you or taking pictures. On top of that, you have any security footage that could be around on the street if it's in front of a business or a home or if any passersby are in the area that would possibly be filming it. And all of these cameras can give great insight to what happens But there are instances where it also muddies the water because you might have a different angle than what the eyes of the individuals are seeing because what a camera is pointing at and seeing might be different than what's actually happening in the totality of the picture. So it can be very helpful, but it can also muddy the water as well. Yeah, like the social media thing, really gets me because I mean out of oh my gosh like there's probably at this point you know hours and hours and hours of body cam footage and interviews and such stuff like that on social media Mm -hmm. regarding you know hundreds of, of cases and many officers many people We'll say, you know, the the media is just, they're so fake. This isn't, this isn't the whole yeah. story. This mm-hmm. isn't the true story. But you can't, you can't sit around and complain that media or social media is, you know, skewing the truth when you're doing the same thing with your own social media. Right. Like right. if you're, and like I said, just a couple minute, minutes ago, it all comes down to integrity. Like yeah. if you're mad that the media is not portraying you appropriately or 
you know, authentically, but then you're not portraying yourself authentically either. Why, why are you trying to hold these, you know, mass conglomerates of, of media outlets to higher standards than you're holding yourself to. Sure, absolutely. Look, I understand we have the First Amendment right here in America to basically say, do, write, type, whatever we want to. But I also believe we have a responsibility to try and post factual information, and that's just the way that I fall on that. You know, I do everything that I can to post correct information or to come on this podcast talking about correct information. Now, there might be people that disagree with me because they don't like what I'm saying. They don't like my politics or they don't like what I'm standing for, but that doesn't mean what I'm saying is wrong. They might just not like it. Matter of fact, they might even think that it is not responsible for me to say this or that, and we can argue that all day long. But I see so many things that are posted that are just complete and utter outright bullshit, and that just is used to set people off, which cause people to go into this type of frenzy. I mean, just look at what occurred with the Columbus, Ohio shooting. You know, right after that shooting occurred... There were people immediately on social media talking about how this white police officer shot a 15-year-old baby girl, this black female that was 15 years old. She was a lover of peace. And people literally wanted to protest, riot, burn things down, and do destruction of who knows what various cities, Columbus and, and many others. But it was very clear in watching the body cam footage, that that is not what is correct. What is correct is this unknown, at the time, black female subject was swinging a knife around trying to stick it inside of another black female unknown subject. And the police officer acted in a way that many others would have acted, and I'll tell you, in the way that I would have acted had I been there wearing the uniform at that exact moment. And people didn't care about the truth. They cared about their agenda. They cared about their ideology, and they cared about setting people off. So they posted what they wanted to post because there was an agenda behind it. So when I say that people need to be careful what they post and think about what they post and they need to understand there is responsibility there that they have, these people probably don't disagree with me. It's just they're not trying to be careless or they're not being careless. They know exactly what they're doing and social media allows for that to happen. However, the big tech companies are coming in and they're not censoring these people for putting this powder keg into action and lighting the spark, but they will step in and censor me or censor some other conservative voice, and that is insane. The other side of the whole police social media aspect 
are the police officers who engage on social media with quote-unquote followers or fans or supporters, and they are doing so in their uniform and in a certain way representing their profession, representing their line of work, maybe representing their department, and they're can be some serious question there too it's definitely a slippery slope well even if this these police officers are posting in a personal capacity like even if there is no evidence from their social media that they're a cop you know other than like works at dot 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 or whatever you still have to be careful like i have a friend that's a a cop in Hamilton County, Ohio, which is Cincinnati. And all he posted was the two percenter flag. Okay. Yep. And am I like, I don't get real into any of the like, you know, super extreme, like representations of my political affiliation. Like, I don't have a Trump bumper sticker or a flag or, you know, anything like that. Um, I've never put like a, an elephant as my profile picture on Facebook or, you know, the frame, like I voted yeah. Republican today. Like I, that's just not me. Um, some people it is, and that's fine. Um, but he was fired for that post. No, wow. no context yeah. with it. No, no, oh my God, I support this flag or I've got this like hanging off my roof, like literally just a picture of the two percenter flag. Right. And he was fired. And um, long story short, it ended up being wrongful termination. Um, there was a brand new, the sheriff had just been elected, you know, started her term in January is a very, 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 very liberal sheriff. And I think was just kind of trying to, you know, make her mark uh, without thinking through that first, especially with a department that has union representation. Yeah. Um, but that right, like just little things like that. He was, he didn't post anything while he was in uniform. He didn't say anything while he was in uniform. Like it was literally a picture of a flag. Wow. And, and it's, you just like, as a cop, you have to be so, so, so careful with social media. And that's one of the reasons I'm incredibly thankful that my husband is not very active on social right. media. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm not sad at all that he doesn't have, you know, thousands of women fawning over him on social media <laughs> because that's just that's just opening that door like i'm not saying he would do anything that could bring his job into question but as soon as you as soon as you make one post in uniform or one post of any like hot button topic as a police officer you are just you are inching closer to that hot water sure absolutely you know, I, I remember a time in when they would talk for for officer safety that, you know, and, and this is this is 
agencies that don't have take home cars or or bigger bigger agencies or smaller agencies one either either or really but they would talk about how you shouldn't get dressed at your house and drive into work in your personal vehicle in uniform and because that lets people see that and you know people would would really go out of their way to not you know, signify to strangers that they were the police. And now yeah. you've got, you've got every, uh, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry and Jane police officer who is on TikTok, which is just, I want to say right now to me, if I was the chief of a department or if I was the, uh, if I was on a town board or, or, or city council or town manager or whoever's running the community and is in charge of the chief of police, I would push for some kind of department policy. If you want to have a TikTok, if you want to have a uh, you know social media where you are active, you cannot do it in uniform. If if you want to be the public information officer. And the department has social media. That's fine. But these videos where they're doing all these things and giving people like, you know, the big head on the little body in the uniform and they're laughing and joking. And, and I saw I saw the police officer right after right after the uh, Columbus shooting where LeBron James opened his mouth and was was being ignorant and saying, you know, very stupid yeah. shit. I saw the yep. police officer that 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 you know shot back at him. And, and I loved I loved his video and I loved his message. Me too. But I'm not surprised at all that he was suspended. Uh, I, I knew honestly, he would be. Like if you could sit down with that guy for five seconds, mm -hmm. I'm gonna guess he's not surprised at all that he's suspended either. Right. He's probably like hashtag worth it. Right, right. <laughs> well have but, you have you seen have you seen how how much uh, money that they've raised in in his so he he's a he's a marshal town marshal from wherever he's at and uh, donors have raised three hundred thousand dollars for this man. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely but hashtag I, I, worth it. Like I'm I'm happy for him, you know, but I'm also not surprised that he was suspended and. If he was suspended, I'm going to guess it's because there's something, you know, there's some social media policy laid out in their SOPs that he violated. Sure. Is it, is it you know, necessarily a, a good policy? No, probably not. It's probably catering to liberals. Oh, you know it is. And I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of 50-50 when you say, you know, I don't think you should be able to post any anything in your uniform. Like, I think it can be beneficial. Um, but I, I don't think it should be detracting from the department as a whole. Like, I think it should still be representative of your entire department, not just yourself. And I don't think it should be taking away from your actual job. Like if you're recording two, three, four TikToks a day <laughs> while you're in uniform. Right. What are you actually doing? Right. Right. What's not getting done during that? And if you're recording them, you know, while you should be patrolling or while you should be, you know, fuck, I don't know. Like 
you're going to get, you're going to get somebody eventually that's mad. Oh, he's allowed to be on his cell phone in the car, but I'm not. Yes. You know, you get that all the time. Oh, why are we not allowed to have our cell phones? But cops can have computers in their cars. Like, so all you're doing is just perpetuating that argument. Like, it's just, it's a slippery slope. And I, I like the like community policing thing, like putting a, a personal face to police, like, Hey, we're real people too, but not when it's like, when it, when it's taken so far that it takes you away from being like, you think you're not a real person anymore. You're like, Oh my God, I'm a cop with a TikTok. <laughs> like, that's when it's, I'm just like, you know, like, which is better actually getting out there and meeting the community or meeting them through the phone screen. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, what community are you meeting? You, you, you might have, you know, 70,000 followers on, on TikTok, but are they, are they 70,000 followers from your 15,000 person town or, you know, are are they are they seventy five thousand followers, and and uh, twenty thousand of them are from Japan, and you know what you know what I mean. I just yeah, uh, and and like and what I think that again integrity. Why are you doing it? Are you posting, you know, on on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, um, as a uniformed police officer because you want to bring awareness to the job or awareness to things that, you know, the average Joe Schmo might not know, or are you posting these videos in uniform because they get more likes than your videos when you're not in uniform? Um, right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That's that, that would be interesting to go back and, and, and to look at. You know, it would be really like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that guy, you know, this, this town, I don't know his name, but you know, TikTok town marshal that got, Oh yes, that's great. Um, I, I, I guarantee you no one knew who he was before he posted that video. Sure. Do I think he posted it for clout? No, I think he posted it because he thinks LeBron James is a total tool, just like the rest of America. Um, but it, like, I don't think, I don't think every officer is like that. Like I've seen so many during quarantine, which I know we're taking it back like over a year now. Oh no. <laughs> during quarantine, there were so many of those like TikTok hop cop challenge. Like, <laughs> right. liter- like, like literally the only reason you're posting that is to make yourself feel sexy because strangers like you in uniform. <laughs> Like right. I've got news for you. Right. Uniform has always added a couple points to the hotness oh, factor. Absolutely. No matter what. Yep. 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 That's no, that is no question. There's no so question there. I just like, it just, I think you should always be, especially given the current climate that we're in with politics and policing and social media and, news media and all of that. I think you should always be worried or conscious of, I don't know if worried was a good word. You should always be conscious of the image and not necessarily 
the number of likes? Like, is it portraying, is it doing a benefit to the department? Is it doing a benefit to your fellow police officers? Is it doing a benefit to the public? Or is it doing a benefit to your personal self? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's like, I, if you're, if you, and, and does it, does it suck that you have to think that way as a cop? Yeah, it does. Like, do I have to think that way as a small business owner? Sure. Kind of, but not really in the same way. Like I have to be protective of my business and I don't want my business to be portrayed wrong based on my personal posts. But I don't have to really worry about all of America turning on small business owners and thinking we're all horrible people. Right. You right. know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, and maybe that should be taught at the academy. I mean, well, and maybe it is. It's I, I don't know what goes on there anymore. But that maybe that's that's something that they that should be discussed how how that stuff plays into it you know you didn't you didn't join the police department to figure out a way to now be more you know youtube famous or, or you tiktok sure? famous well you, maybe some people did you know uh th th that's what they should talk to you about if, is that something that you've done is that something that is that is that a concern is that your your primary goal? If so, well, and you you I don't uh, I don't think you could really talk to that at the academy because the same question could be asked like, did you become a police officer because you were made fun of in high school and you want a badge? Like, <laughs> it's it's the same kind of dangerous. It's the same kind of self serving career choice that right. will ultimately end up making other good officers look bad right but you can't i mean can you imagine if that was a question upon intake at the academy like they'd never <laughs> get an honest answer right right because the people the people that aren't doing it for that reason would laugh and be like haha yeah i'm gonna get a million followers by tomorrow when i post our run right like just totally being a fucking smart ass yeah and then the ones that are doing it for that reason for either of those reasons would be like no i am here to protect and serve and and you'd just be like, okay, whatever. So it's, uh, I do think, I'd be interested to know, I haven't talked to anybody that's gone to the Academy recently, which I mean, I think last year the Academy was digital. So that that's kind that's of crazy. interesting. Yeah. Um, but I would be, I would be interested to know if there's at least like, you know, a day on social media, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's not because every department is completely different in their social media standards. Right. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Like I've posted, I shared the, the video of, you know, TikTok town marshal. I'm glad that you told me he was a town marshal because that just makes it sound so much more fun. I don't know his <laughs> name at all. TikTok but, town marshal. <laughs> um, yes. But I, sh I shared that video and I had, multiple officers message me and say, I'd love to comment on that, but I'd probably sure. lose my job. Sure. So like, not only can they not even comment on it, like 
obviously that means that they can't post something like right. it. Right. Yeah. So it's it. I don't know. I think you it it's a slippery slope, and it's it's honestly like it's too bad that there's not. And I think this goes for multiple things, but it's too bad that there's not more uniformity in that across the board, like between multiple departments. Sure. Because it's always, I mean, as, as normal citizens, like, I mean, you and I live in Podunk, Indiana. Right. And just in the last week alone, how many different police departments have we seen represented either in social media or news media? I definitely understand what you're saying there. And you and I are at least, I mean, we're, we're fairly knowledgeable on how policing works, but I can, I can totally see where someone who's not would be like, oh my God, why are they even allowed to do that? When in all actuality, they, that department may totally allow it. Right. And then, you know, their uncle's brother's cousin, who's a police department in their town, isn't allowed to post on social media. So it would, it would be nice if there was more uniformity in standards, but I'm, I know I'm like just talking about a pipe dream. Do you think there's any way moving forward as we progress with what's currently going on and what's allowed that social media can be a help to, to bridge a gap and can help make things better for, for the future? You mean like between... The police and citizens of the community. This is going to sound like really Debbie Downer, but until something reigns in news media... No, I don't think social media can overcome the bias of regular media because news media is still infiltrating and controlling social media. It sure as hell is. That's correct. I mean, I hate to say that. Like, I wish I could say that social media is like this reading rainbow rainbow that just brings everyone together um, if it's used appropriately. But I, as long as the regular news media continues with this skewed agenda that they have, and insists on only labeling, you know, black people in their news stories and leaving out the race of every other person or until they decide that race should not be in a headline. It should just be, you know, male, female, human, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Until that stops, I don't, I don't see how, individualized social media accounts, whether it's an individual department, an individual municipality, or an individual person, I I don't see how they can consistently bridge that gap. Yeah. I think there are I think there are some, you know, random videos that will go viral where they're like, oh, look at this cop changing this person's tire. Or I saw one today where it was a it was a inner city cop um, female who nursed a baby that they found oh yeah that's um that's crazy so i think those things you know for for a you know a hot second they make people see the humanity um behind the uniform but those i mean just like any other viral video they go viral and then you forget about them later absolutely so i i hate i'm usually not that negative but 
the biggest problem in this country is not, you know, Democrats or Republicans or black or white or cops or civilians. The biggest problem in this country is the news media. 100% yes. And because, I mean, just because it's so huge, like billions and billions, I mean, more money than you can imagine is filtered into media every day. That's, that's a... I mean, talk about Camelot. That's a that's a big, <laughs> big castle to make fall. 100%. Well, I think this might be a good place to leave it. I think we've covered a lot of things, and I, I think that's a, I think you're exactly right. I don't know uh, really what more I have to say to add to that. I think that's a, I think that you're exactly correct, and hopefully that's something that can be uh, over overcome, and and that you know, um, as as we progress forward the public will start to see or can start to understand that the the police out there are are wanting to do right and that everybody hates a bad cop that's there that's we we all have the same we all have the same thoughts and opinions of that even people who are supportive of the thin blue line and and the whole cop brotherhood sisterhood um, you know, mentality. Nobody likes a bad cop. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, just to wrap that up, as far as my opinions on, on the social media, I just think that it really needs to be internally policed and that the, uh, the, you know, like you said, I don't think it can be said better. You have to look at what the justification is for what's, for what you're doing. And if, if you're, if what you're doing is to, shed humanity on the badge or or is to connect with you know people from the community and and you're doing that in a way that's you know honorable to to the department and to to the badge then i think that's fantastic and if you're doing it chasing clout from people who you don't know where they live i think you have to ask yourself what what really you're doing i i don't know yeah completely agree um tell people where they can find you you can find me at Amber Green on Facebook. Green has an E at the end. Very good, Miss Green. I appreciate everything that you do. And hey, I have a surprise for you, but I will be giving that to you during the next episode, episode 154. So everyone, if you're interested in returning to see what that surprise is, be sure to tune in next week for the 154th episode of Perception is Reality. And there I will give uh, Amber her surprise and you guys will get a kick out of it uh, as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know how to get a hold of me. You can text or call the studio line at 765-546-9796. You can also email me at khbilbrey at gmail.com. That's k-h-b-i-l-b-r-e-y at gmail.com. I will respond to you all through text, call, or email just as fast as I possibly can. So please do that. Also, don't forget to check me out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bilbrey318. That's Bilbrey, B-I-L-B-R-E-Y 318. That is my Facebook page where I will release live video episodes nearly seven days a week, either at 8.35 p.m. or 9.35 p.m., depending on what's going on and what I release that day. 
Also, I release a lot of written content as well as shared content that you won't want to miss, so be sure to check that out. Until next time, remember to stay active, stay involved, continue getting educated because that is the absolute most important. You guys have been fantastic. We love you each and every week. Remember to stay safe, take care of one another. God bless. And I'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Remember to like and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm or on your favorite podcast hosting site. Also help spread the word and share the show with everyone you know. We can be found by searching for Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey or by simply Googling Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. To call or text the show, dial 765-546-9796 or email us at khbilbrey at gmail.com. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash bilbrey318. Until next time, remember to get educated, get involved, and remain active.